Hello everyone and welcome to the 19th episode of the ActualPlay.network podcast. Matt here. This episode is the first part of Stephen, Chris, and I playing Shooting the Moon, one of the uh, romance trilogy by Emery Kerboss. Uh, quick rundown of the episode. I am playing Blizznacht, Chris is playing Adelaide, and Stephen is playing Victoria Von Klein. We don't explain what we are doing very well in the beginning, but if you aren't familiar with the game, know that the first part of our um, recording is us assigning traits to Blizznacht in tandem, and then um, assigning traits to the potential suitors. The rest of the game is that uh, Chris and Steven will be trying to win my character, Blizznacht, over romantically. Uh, we usually don't include the creation, character creation parts of our games in the recordings, but I felt like it might be more important this time. Uh, let me know what you think, if it should just have not been in there. I'm interested in hearing that. Uh, when the series is concluded, we will make our game notes available publicly. Um, one other thing you may notice is that Steven's upstairs neighbors are vigorously testing their mattress throughout. I tried my best to rem remove the spring movement from the audio, but I'm sure there's some in there. And uh, also, Steven and Chris are both having mic issues, so they sound a little tinny, but there's not too much crackling or um, inaudibility. Um, I really would like these episodes to be like little movies, which we're not quite to that kind of quality yet, but uh, maybe someday when I figure out how to work Audacity properly, we'll get there. Um, please check out our website, actualplay.network, for show notes and previous episodes of the show. Uh, stick around for the outro. I'll have more information on what's coming up next. just for the sake of things before we go into the next section we'll just run down the beloved's things that we came up with the attributes no i'm gonna say they're poetic they're confident they're well educated their uh, their appearance thrives in physical exertion they have a sexy accent and they are a flamboyant dresser so now what we have to do is go through and come up with a synonym and an antonym for each of these okay makes sense and this isn't something we have to, like, go around and do. I mean, we can do it that way if we want, but I think it'd be easier just to do it collaboratively. Um, so for poetic, um, is clever a good synonym? Um, maybe I would go with clever or maybe eloquent. Eloquent? Okay. Eloquent sounds good. Eloquent's a good one, I'd say. And for an antonym, um, clumsy's good, I think. Or um, but obviously verbally clumsy. Yeah. I, I don't know the term for it though. Forgets words or puts their foot in their mouth a lot. I I, I guess I'll, I'll mention um that these are gonna be assigned to me and Steven. Nice, supremely confident, meek. Yeah, obviously for an antonym. Good antonym. And then uh, we're we going for like boisterous. Yeah, I think I was going for like boisterous. With your confident thing? Yeah, that's right. I did aim at this one, didn't I? I think boisterous is a good, actually a good one. Okay. Well-educated. Uh, Well-educated. Um. Cultured? Yep. Yeah. Perfect. Man, I'm acing yeah. this one. <laughs> Many points for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then... Um, um, dumb as a rock. Stupid. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> Stupid. Uh, um, something like probably athletic or physically fit or something like that. I, su I suggested rugged. Rugged is good. I was just going to say, I was thinking something like maybe soft-spoken, like an ASMR oh, thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, you wouldn't have to. Um, so we'll say that could, could be an antonym, right? Well, people Not like everyone. that. Oh, okay. The the um, NPR. Yeah, thing. or like when they're like they crinkle open paper into the microphone. Maybe for an antonym, uh, their voice could be like ill-fitting, like, <laughs> like a doctor girlfriend situation. Well, um, can we just say like pleasant? 
Yeah. Because it's too broad. It, we know what it means, like, when we say pleasant. Pleasant to listen to. Yeah. The boy and dresser. Uh, fashionable. Fashionable. Okay, I guess we now go through, and each of us will assign one attribute to both me and Steven, out of our out of the uh, synonyms and antonyms. Uh, so you pick one for yourself, and then one for me? Exactly. And then I pick one for, okay. And then Matt does the same, yeah. Uh, let me just check. And Queen leaves them each once, I assume? Yes. So I am going to take... What can I actually manage to roleplay here? <laughs> yeah, I'm really worried about some of these. I'm gonna... This is... I'm gonna challenge myself here. I'm gonna take Eloquent. And I am going to give... I'm gonna give Steven Delicate. Oh, I mean, I am, so... I think I'm gonna take Fashionable... And give Chris Dr. Girlfriend Sitch. Kind of knew that was coming. Yeah, because I like, I really like that combo. And also, I don't want to have to do that. (laughs) Can I just do Dr. Girlfriend? Yeah, reasonable. He sounds like this, right? What? Is that not correct? Why do you sound vaguely British? This might be what happens, you know? Are you just YouTubing it? (laughs) Alright, so Matt is giving me Boisterous and Steven Cultured. Now comes, I think, the hardest part of the character creation. We now modify the three things we just got. You you do it yourselves? Um, I think we each do one. Can you give me an example of what you mean? Uh, yeah. Sorry, I scrolled yeah, around because I, so I lost the page. So the example like they have in the book is like, uh, vainglorious but practical, or heartless but loves animals. Okay. I almost picked Love's Animals for the thing, but I went with Flamboyant Dresser. Yeah, so it'll be the same thing. Um, you modify one for yourself, one for the other person, and Matt modifies one for each of us as well. I'm going to go boisterous, but I don't exactly know how to word this. I guess controlled. Like, I can rein myself in when I see myself getting a little too off the chain. And for Steven, cultured but snobby. Like, you think what you perceive to be high culture is the be-all, end-all. Other things are below you. For... for Okay, for mine, I guess I'll go with delicate, uh, but not a damsel. Capable, I guess? Yeah, you know, she's not... Okay. Not Daphne Blake over here. Harem. Um, and Chris, eloquent, uh, but talks too much tends to talk over people that fits with boisterous <laughs> all right steven i'm gonna say that you're um fashionable but prone but you love you love neon green <laughs> okay <laughs> and dr girlfriend sitch uh, um, you have a dr girlfriend sitch but but good at voices or something now Beloved's traits, opportunity, or opportunity, obstacle, and dream. So I come up with the opportunity, Stephen comes up with the obstacle, and Matt, you will come up with the dream. The dream is basically your end goal. If you win the game, you achieve your dream. Um, I am coming up with why you're available. And I am going to say, and you know what? I'm actually just going to go ahead and say that we have come up with a horrible group of people here. These are not good people, but uh, that's beside the point. (laughs) I'm going to say you're available because all of your uh, past lovers or romantic partners have been uh, far more mortal than you. And now you're looking for someone who can match your lifespan. And so Steven comes up with the major challenge the beloved is facing. Some sort of obstacle, something that could be in his way. Their way. Opportunity, obstacle, dream. They want to be king of the pirates. Basically. Well, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> We've kind of... S- well, what, what's it like an appropriately soap opera like esque aspiration better cured of vampirism 
Okay. So what would the obstacle be? To my dream? Well, that you said that's your dream. Yeah, so... Right? You want to be so careful. Is the obstacles for the dream or for the... Like I said, the obstacle is more of a general obstacle, something that is a challenge for your everyday life. Not necessarily in regards to any specific thing in the game. The the obstacle, could it be like uh, he's the... Or uh, he's the only vampire, and like it's it's generally looked down upon. His idea, it's seen, it's seen as um, unheard of that anybody would want to stop being a vampire. So outcast, maybe. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So like you can't really get help from other supernatural creatures because you're like I don't want to be a vampire, and they like scoff at you or call you a nerd and put you in a locker or something. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, now, for um, me and Steven, we each get a person, a place, and a thing. Um, uh, what? What? <laughs> and it'll work, like, same as above. Uh, we'll do it one character at a time. So, like, I'll pick one of them for me, and then Steven will pick one for me, and Matt will pick the last one for me. Um, it's just exactly what it says. You get a person, a place, and a thing. These are just, like, additional traits that we'll be able to call on it can be basically anything i'm gonna say i'm gonna say that i have a person that is a butler in this house despite whatever my position happens to be basically listens to me above all else i basically have a minion (laughs) now steven you get to give me a place or a thing um, let's say you've got, like, a family manor in the area for a place. Yeah. I mean, you have a, a, a butler, so. I have a separate uh, family manor, I guess, than our whatever main house this is taking place in. Yeah, I did. I mean, I don't imagine they're, like, next door to each other. Ah, we'll see. Actually connected by a bridge. So now, Matt, you give me a thing. I'm going to say that you have oh, a daughter. That's not a thing. <laughs> That's a person. That is definitely... You can't just give somebody a daughter. Also, yeah, number one rule for role-playing, no daughters. Fuck, I'm going to end up with a daughter now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are. Um, I guess you can have... What you have is a, a magical spell book that you are... That is like a family heirloom that you are not quite sure how to use properly. Things you can use the spells out of, but things always go wrong. <laughs> okay. Um, so now, Steven, you give yourself a thing. Or, well, you know, one of the three. Person, place, or thing. Or a place? I say, like, access to a university's... Like a university's library. Cultured. Um... Your place is the your place is the university library, right? So you just like to yeah, you know all the ins and outs. You can always find a book there, et cetera, et cetera. Like like a, a nice nicer. I should have picked. I should have picked myself a person yep. to prevent that. Although I will let you decide the nature of your daughter, or whenever she happens <laughs> to come up. Small blue racing stripe, <laughs> but you have a daughter. Is Gino jumping on the bed? No, that's our upstairs neighbors. Aren't they wonderful? Yeah. I'm going to say your thing is, yes, you have, you have a monster hunting kit because that is. All right. Sure. Aren't, wait, aren't we monsters? And the last thing we need is me and Steven each need a conflict, uh, which is basically something that is a complication that we have in terms of pursuing the beloved. Um, it probably won't come up as much as other stuff in the actual playing, but it's it's like a, a trump card, like an ace in the hole, basically. It can. Uh, are, are, are there examples? Um, sure. Their examples are like Bloody Anne has sworn never to take orders from another while her beloved Jack seeks to command her in a pirate fleet. So, like, she's like, I'm not going to listen to anybody, but she's after a guy who wants to be a captain. In pre-revolutionary France, Victor is a poor artist, so Julianne's aristocratic father rejects him as a suitor for his daughter uh the two suitors are friends and basically risking their friendship over it you know stuff like 
it's all like personal interpersonal conflict could i come from a family of monster hunters and that's where the kit comes from are you a monster hunter not yet expected to be you so you want to be a monster hunter but you're in love with a vampire yeah i don't see why not sounds like a conflict yeah no that's fine why is my daughter's name chad you're the dad you tell us why would you do that to your daughter or mom i guess (laughs) we know okay i'm gonna say something like my conflict is that i love the uh whole immortality thing i kind of don't want you to be cured i would prefer if you stayed immortal with me that's good we have two very different approaches to this but also i want to help you because i want you to be happy i guess i missed this part because it's at the very beginning uh we have a shared goal that connects us to the beloved and we're both it's something we're both working to gain and i would have to guess that considering what we've already said might be i guess a cure for your vampirism I mean, I don't know what else it would be. Like, are the prizes I think supposed to be connected to your goal, but not exactly the same thing? I just don't know what else we would make it. Yeah, let's just go with that. I don't think it'll be that important. Uh, so basically, the way turns work is uh, one of us, being me or Steven, will establish a scene with the beloved, and you know, just play it out. And uh, basically, any time the other person will interrupt and create a quote-unquote hurdle basically make some sort of challenge in the scene Um, they have to do do it with their character ideally ideally something that isn't just like completely out of left field like it involves one of the attributes or something that has already been established in the scene or something it could be something different but you know not something like completely insane um and then we the active player builds a dice pool which I will get into later and they roll against each other and the winner gets a point basically and new tra- uh, new traits are created so like the the way since I'm going first basically I'll establish a scene with Matt mm-hmm. and we'll just like play out a scene and then at any point during the scene that you want you interrupt you stop us basically and create some sort of complication it could be your character could be involved they don't necessarily have to be but basically just something for us to have to overcome um and then we'll just basically roll dice and based on that outcome uh that's how the scene resolves and basically right now we'll play a scene and then you'll interrupt and say yeah but this is also happening good luck Uh, do you have an idea of your character's name and what they look like? Yeah, I was thinking that their name would be Grishnacht. Oh, no. <laughs> and they Can would I be... veto this? <laughs> I don't, what are I we don't vetoing? Know. I don't, I don't oh, wait, nope. Here it is, right in the rule book. You can Anyone who wants to play as Count Grishnacht <laughs> can be vetoed and forced to create a new character. <laughs> Very specific rule, but I don't know. It's right here. Oh, well, that's. I mean, it seems like an important rule. But yeah, do you want to give like a quick and oh, oh never mind, that was fine. Quick and dirty description of your character. See what we're going after here. Yeah. So he's sort of um he's like a tall, handsome, uh Germanic aristocrat. Tall, athletic, uh bald or shaved head, completely shaved head. Sort of a narrow face, um tendency to wear military uniforms. Uh, okay, I'm just picturing uh, yeah, that's a pretty good description of him, I guess. What's your name? Um, Count. <laughs> Bliz... Mm-hmm. Blizznacht. You're going with Count Blizznacht? Yeah, Count Blizznacht. Excellent, great. I guess my character will be... I should have thought of a name a long time ago. Oh, fuck, names. Oh, God. So I said Blizznacht, right? Okay, you did Blizz say Blizznacht. Oh, Blizznacht? Yeah, my character's name will be... My character's name is Adelaide. And for the sake of time, she basically just looks like Vanessa Ives. Okay, that didn't really work for me now, because now I just have to Google who the fuck Vanessa Ives is. Okay, so just do that. 
What is she from, from Penny Dreadful? Yeah. My character is going to be na- is going to be called Victoria, uh Victoria von Klein. And interesting fact, did you guys know Kate Beckinsale has a daughter because that's the character I was going to say mine looks like, Kate Beckinsale. Okay, so you know what your role in this scene is, right, Steven? Um, I mean, I, th- I, f- I feel like I under- understand my role in the first scene. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Because, you know, we play games with Gina a lot. I didn't want to run into a situation where me and Matt were just role-playing for 15 minutes. I mean, you should expect it, but we'll see, we'll see how it goes. No, okay. Unintentionally. So, okay. I think I will establish the first scene if you guys are ready to get into this. I think we uh we open on our manor. It's nighttime, a fairly nice night outside, and um, we enter the house through a window. And all the rooms seem dark except for this one, which is dimly lit by a fireplace where we have Blizz Blizz Noct sitting in front of it. Um, probably researching some sort of history of vampirism or peculiar cases, you know, looking for something, some indication that even being cured, I guess, is possible. Blood and Me by Chad Vampire. (laughs) Sure. Uh, That's the accent you're going with, huh? This accent? Um, (laughs) I'm a little turned on. Oh, I know what voice I'm going to try to do for my doctor girlfriend's sitch. And um, through the doorway, we have, what was my name? Adelaide enters and takes the seat across from Blizz and just says, How's your research coming? Well, I am still a vampire, so I have failed again. Yeah, but that's the point of research, right? To and, uh, eventually succeed. Bliznacht stands up and tosses the book into the fire. And he says, Each day I live a life that goes on too long. Adelaide, I must be cured. But why? And Griznacht uh, puts his, <laughs> puts his um, leg up. Blizznacht. Oh, did I say did I say Grisnacht? <laughs> Weird. <laughs> Strange. <Yeah>. Blizznacht. <laughs> <laughs> One leg up on an ottoman in front of you, and sort of shifts his tight breeches, uh, sort of shifting with him, and he says, "Why do we want the thing we do not have, Adelaide? Why?" Why has God made me this way? Is this a rhetorical question? Why has God made you that way? Like a trick question. (laughs) There are many things under the sun, my friend. Many things indeed. Not you, am I right? (laughs) Gave you a playful punch on the arm. And I sort of twirl dramatically towards the fire, and now I'm standing in front of the fire, my head in my hands, glistening. A single bead of sweat rolls down uh, my forehead. Do vampires sweat? Blizznak does. <laughs> sure. Adelaide uh, comes up behind you and puts one hand on your shoulder. I was going to say my long coat sort of, as the way I'm standing, I sort of pulled my long coat to the side. You can see my incredibly tight ass and my riding pants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great. It's like an apple. <laughs> Macintosh. I prefer if you saw this world through with me, but if you want help getting off this mortal coil, I think I can provide some assistance. I want to die a regular human death. I I didn't mean I was going to, like, kill you with magic. I meant, like, I could help you become not a vampire. Thank you, my friend. Adelaide shows you, I guess, pulls slightly to to the side her... I guess scarf or shawl or something. Something that covers the shoulder-ish area in that top part of the torso. 
to reveal a crest that you recognize as a family crest of a long chain of witches. Uh, Blizznacht raises one eyebrow, but says nothing. Gotta fight magic with magic. But I am so tired of fighting, Adelaide. I am so tired of fighting. The years stretch on like so many battles. So many horses mired in the mud, legs breaking for lack of traction. So many latrines dug. So many swords polished so sharp, so pointy. I'm going to stop you because I don't know what you're getting at with this. There's endless war, Adelaide. But, uh... Endless war. As the world turns... But I can end yours is what I'm saying. The generals in their trenches plot another one for mankind. Will Will I see another... Another bloody battle? Is that my curse, Adelaide? Is that my curse? No, your curse is your vampire. Is a vampire not a man, not a pile of secrets, not a not a life too long? What? <laughs> are you taking Are you taking this down? I'm working on my new poetry. I wasn't. I didn't know I was supposed to be writing this down. Why are you here? Trying to help you. Oh. I appreciate any help you can offer me. Uh, great. Great. We have to use hand. Let's shake on it as friends. Forever friends. Uh, I go down on one knee and kiss it. Whoa, okay. Will you pledge fealty to me? <laughs> I, I mean... Any, uh... I didn't know that's what that meant. I'm just saying, even if you figure out a way to not be a vampire, you're gonna need someone to do whatever needs to be done for that, right? Yes, to take care of me. To take care of my needs. My friendly needs for friends to take care of my friendly needs. I feel like you're trying to flirt. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm supposed to. I'm feeling very conflicted. I I have a place in my mind where I store all my friends. A special zone. I will put you there. Ooh, okay, I see what you're getting at. And you will live there. Happily. Uh... (laughs) Well, thank you for your time. I must find a new book, because I have burned my other one. (laughs) Where's that hurdle? (laughs) Am I supposed to go up in the hurdle? (laughs) I mean, not... It honestly feels like your interaction is a hurdle. Oh, it certainly is, but that's because role playing with Matt. <laughs> you laugh now. Wait till you're on the side of it. That's that's fair, but I mean, what hurdle am I supposed to? You guys are just standing in our yeah, room. Yeah, we're just talking. I mean, it could be anything, really. We are making the romance of the night. Of friends. The friend romance. Uh, the romance no, of let's friends. Let's not put labels on anything. To know the it's world, like, you must name things. Uh, I you mean, must name right the things you wish to, to understand. Must we? You're the one who's trying to escape a label of monster. But will I not affix a new label to my thigh? The label of man. No. To my thigh. Did you just say we're the same? Are you gonna get a tattoo? And he rubs. That says man. He, on your thigh. As he says thigh, he's slapping his thigh. <laughs> to my thigh, <laughs> I will attach the label of man. This is literally impossible. <laughs> Flirt with me. <laughs> Make love to me with your words. Uh, how about let, let's go find another book? I guess we'll find you another book. Yes, I need another book. But I must research. The only way I can exit this endless cycle of war and death and blood is through reading, through research. 
the life of the mind. Let's go to the library. Yep, let's go to the library. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... Is Matt doing footsteps? No. Is that... What was that? That's footsteps, yeah, I'm sorry. Guys, I think this is what drowning feels like. (laughs) (laughs) And Steven's just standing on the boat with a life raft in his hand, just, like, watching. You guys, you guys know the library's gonna be closed, right? It's like, you said it was night. So is that the hurdle you're presenting to us? I was gonna, uh, I was trying to work my character into that, but... Oh, you're supposed to work your character into the hurdle? Uh... You don't have to, no. I don't have to, but, uh, the place being a university with a nice library, it felt like, um, like a natural progression. Uh, but, but yeah. Uh, no, the hurdle will be it's closed if okay. that's what Steven wants it to be. Alright. Yeah, sure. If you have something else in mind, feel free. I don't, I don't, I have no idea where to go Okay, so this. yeah, I mean, it's the first one. And how many of these so. do we do? Yeah. So yeah, okay, I guess, uh, okay. two scenes apiece. So it's not that long of a game. No. So the library okay. is closed, I guess. So Steven, you're gonna have a pool of five dice, basically. Okay. So we get to the library to find it closed. And what I do now is build a pool to oppose yours. Um, I get two dice for a response that involves one of my own character traits. Uh, one die for every additional response that involves one of my own character traits, and two dice for suggesting a response involving the aspects of the other character on same side. That ex- it, so basically invoking right. one of Matt's traits. So, okay. So you'll have to take um, me through it because I'm not sure I get all that. But but I only get three dice basically. Okay. Okay. So I can get up to six. Well, so I'm gonna say. An easy one. Uh, my manor, my family manor has a library, so I'm going to invoke that for two dice. Um, I guess I'll invoke one more of my own to say I've got my butler person, my little minion, to I can make him come help us look for something. Okay. We have a very um, interaction-focused set of characters here, though, which is making it this one specifically difficult uh due to your stellar education that would uh help you not only traverse uh the library a little simpler but you've probably already read a great deal of the books in there which would help or help to cut down our search significantly i accept okay so that will give me five dice did what just happened make sense so the way this is going to work is me and Steven will both roll five dice. Um, the highest number wins. The greatest number of the highest number wins. So if you roll like three fives, but I roll one six, I win. Yeah, I have two sixes. Okay, so we tie. So just like go ahead and roll. Yep. Um, I also have. If two there's sixes. a tie. I could do a second pool. I'm not going to, because there's no way I would win with that second pool. Um, the second pool, if you want to do that, um, you have to invoke your um, conflict, basically. Or obstacle, like something has to really go down with your character in order for you to get that second pool. And then the second pool just is four dice, and you also will get a trait from it. So because we tied, uh, I guess no one gets any... Would I get points from winning this? I thought you would just be deprived of your Sure. But Matt will give a trait to both of us. So can I have an example of a trait? Um, Can you give me something from the book, maybe? Pretty much like the stuff we did before. Positive, negative, doesn't matter. Ideally, narratively appropriate. I mean, Steven hasn't shown up yet, so how it plays out but since we tied i would guess maybe you narrate it and so it's just up to me whether it's success or failure um well i I wouldn't call it like a success or a failure maybe 
whether the hurdle, whether we cleared the hurdle or not cleared the hurdle, right? Because that's what the question was, correct? Yeah, okay. So no points, you give new traits to both of us, and you narrate the outcome. Okay. Basically what happens as far as the outcome, I think, is that the library is open. Well, it's my library, right? Your library is open. It, a part of it is closed for repairs, and that's the part where we need to get into. So I don't know if we need to actually have a scene about that, or if you just want to call it that be the conclusion. Uh, we can just call that the conclusion, I think. And um, for traits, I'm going to say that you are romantically inexperienced. Okay. As far as, like, your character doesn't really know how to flirt with a hunk of man like Grishnacht. Blizznacht. I mean, that is fair and apparent. <laughs> Does anyone, though? And um, Victoria Von Klein, I'm going to say, in addition to her other traits, is um, a recent immigrant with a poor understanding of uh, American society. A poor understanding of uh, cultural foibles. So uh, it is now Steven's turn to have a scene with Matt. You try to win this grotesque creature's love and affection. <laughs> and pretend <laughs> that you want it. Pretend. I guess I'll say just dejected after the lack of success uh, at what's her name? Adelaide's. Uh, library he they parted ways and he headed into t- the proper part of town proper like the main part of town um it's still relatively early in the night so there's uh, a general there, there's good foot traffic still going so what on. is my um favorite favorite bar Shit, I, I... keep in mind that i never drink wine yeah, and you also can't get into a bar without being invited. I, I don't know exactly. Uh, so, so yeah. Um, Blizz, Blizznacht. Blizznacht heads into town uh, with very little plans for the evening. Perhaps he can't drink. To <laughs> catch a show or to get a meal, so to speak. And I imagine we'll just sort of cross paths on the street. Um, it being... did We we didn't set a season. So it being a bit later in the year, it's a little chilly out. So Victoria's in a nice leather trench coat with a reasonably colored and matching scarf. Uh, but also she needs glasses and they have neon green frames. Blizznox, uh sees you out of the corner of his eye and do we know each other steven uh yeah don't we live in the same same building yeah hello victoria what brings you out on a night such as this oh blizz i was just feeling a little stir crazy back in that house and i thought i'd step out for a night but i can't seem to get a hang of this this town it is especially great tonight don't you think yes i i do i do love these Autumn nights. It is gray like the gray of my soul, which is lost in the fog of existential dread. Chris, you are right. I can't. I can't. <laughs> Blizz, I'm so... I'm, I'm touched. I'm sorry to hear your night has been gray, but I'm glad to have run into you tonight. I feel companionship can help turn even the grayest night a bit better. You know, that is that is true. That is a... That reminds me of my time in the trenches. The companionship. It was good. Even as blood and death rained down upon us. From the faceless hordes that were our enemies. Oh boy. You are a kind man. Kind lady. Lady. <laughs> you know what I am going to do? Victoria? Victoria. Yes, please. My friend. Dearest. You know what? I need your your words have inspired me. I need to exert myself. I need to be. I need to push myself. Would you like to join me in the game of squash down at the squash courts? <laughs> I'd be delighted to, Blizz. All right, well, let's go play some squash. I have white shorts that I wear with socks that are too high. <laughs> the of course the appropriate squash attire. You might call me a real squash. My. <laughs> you you will notice my uh, tall socks have a delightful neon green trim to them <laughs> unfortunately my eyes have lost the ability to perceive the neon and i only see green that's so tragic blitz 
Life is pain. Life is pain. I have I have learned this over my many centuries. We would sit in the mud. We would sit in the mud and feel the pain of our existence washing over us. Sometimes the pain was metaphorical, the loss and the loneliness, the, the, the distance from our loved ones. Sometimes the pain was literal. Bullets lodged in our thighs. Infection. Infection. Hope Liz, and I, I, I gently stroke his uh, shoulder chest area. We'll find those neons for you someday. <laughs> Everyone, just let's, let's take a second and stop. And take what Steven just described and try to do that. <laughs> do yourself. <laughs> the shoulder, what? chest area, other <laughs> side area. <laughs> yeah, you know, from the chest. Yeah, from the shoulder down, like over your shoulder blade down you the are, chest. You are killing my kitty. Am I describing it poorly? Your your clavicle. Unfortunately, my nipples have lost all sensitivity due to my condition, so I feel nothing. Nothing for now, Blizz. Someday, human pleasures will be unlocked to me. Until then, squash. we must play squash. Uh, so we go to the squash court, I guess. <laughs> so, um, actually, this is—I think this is what happens. You get to the squash court, and uh, you guys have a couple intense games of squash. Very close. Grizz not Grizz not takes off his shirt. Naturally. And uh, as you are playing, you see, uh, Victoria, you see someone familiar in the neighboring court. It is uh, your uncle, Chadley. It's a family name. Why? Family name, family business. It's a family person. I guess. It's a family family name. (laughs) And seeing him, you, you know why he's here. It is to perfect his squash shot. It's yeah, definitely. It's to kill Blizznacht. Uh, in an attempt to be subtle, I'm going to lit, uh, post game. Uh, Blizz, that was a delightful handful of matches. I almost had you, I swear. But perhaps there is somewhere else we could go, somewhere a bit more private. No, no, I am quite content here playing squash. Or perhaps I am, I am more content. Is it opposed? Uh, well, actually, this is where you build your dice pool. Um, so, again, it's two dice. For, you can make three responses. Uh, they have to include a, the, one of your attributes or traits, one of Matt's attributes or traits, or include f- flirtation between the suitor and the beloved. Um, you get two dice for the first response that involves one of your own traits, and one die for an additional response that involves your own trait. And you get two dice for responses that involve Matt's traits, which he has to accept. I, have, I just have absolutely no idea how we're supposed to use Matt's traits. It, same way you would use your own. It, I mean, it can be tricky depending on the situation. Some will call for it easier. And I'm going to put this in roll 20, actually. Uh, well, okay. I guess ignore the part that says two-player game. Uh, well, you think about your pool. I'll be right back. I was just, uh, I was thinking we would have to uh, try and give him the slip, but also not tell Blizz why. Yeah, right. That makes sense. So I'm going to try and convince Blizz to uh, urgently leave to go do some uh, studying uh, research for his his goal, for his curing. Yeah. At the university. Yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, being a late in the night, the university library should be uh, pretty empty and say private and candle lit at the time to make it romantic. Yeah. A bit of a stretch on that one, but I mean, I mean, whatever. That's kind of the point. You just yeah, that's yeah, good. <laughs> um, so Victoria is going to convince Blizz to take up the research again at her university library um in order to give what what was his name chadley to give chadley the slip um they were going to go spend an intimate uh private research experience at the at a nice candlelit library so that's uh two dice well i was trying to say for making it romantic as well private candlelight uh a private candlelit trip to the library is romantic i'd say i feel good about that (laughs) sure so i think that would give you three dice based on how i'm reading this 
but you you have one more response. And if you do one that involves one of Matt's traits, that would give you five dice. Or you can do another that just involves you again, but that would get you four. And I just have a base pool of five. Oh man, I have no idea. Think, uh, feel free to think like way outside the box too. I mean, the best uh, the best I've got is that he uh, should have some glistening titties right now. For after that, <laughs> okay, yeah, sure, but I'm not sure how that <laughs> it helps. It does you. not. It does not. Uh, but I guess I'll, I guess I'll just go for a three. Her. You're just gonna stick with that's the three. I, that's all I have. You've got a decent shot. I've just got one five. Oh, I got a six. Okay, so that means. Uh, you will narrate how the scene plays out, and you each check off one box towards your goal. I didn't actually get anything for box checking, but... Well, I mean, basically you get a point. We'll just do it on the Google Doc or whatever. Ah, there we go. Good old docs. Um, and you may each take a trait if you um... desire. Okay, yeah, so you each gain a new trait for your character chosen by you. You just get a point, and Steven will get to narrate how the scene plays out. Um, so they dip outside of the squash court, and Blizznacht, knowing his way around the town a bit more than Victoria, uh, helps that helps her find her way through town, which lets her lets them lose Chadley in the crowds. Um, once at the university, they have uh, a brief moment where they stop by the restrooms to clean up a little bit after their squash match, and then they head into the library to do some research on a potential cure, which, nothing definitive, but seems promising. Okay. And then you each uh, pick a trait. <laughs> oh, wait. At, at one point, they're in the library, and they both go to, to reach for their, a book, and they just touch hands and... Victoria gasps a little and turns away. Excuse me, this was my hand is clumsy. <laughs> no, no, like fish <laughs> in barrel. Yeah, my tra- uh, Blizznock's trait is that he obsessively reviews statistics in the newspaper. He keeps track of them. Oh boy, the Matt's starting to show. Well, that's never mind. The Matt showed immediately, but <laughs> as soon as he names up Blizznock, he's tiptoeing towards alphabetizing spiders. I'm sorry, he's tiptoeing towards being an actual spider instead of a vampire, and alphabetizing his eggs. That he lays where wherever he pleases. Steven, feel free to cut me off if you think of a trait, but I'm just going to tell Matt what he has to do so he can start thinking about it. So, Matt, basically, you're going to create a scene for both me and Steven, some sort of obstacle slash hurdle for both of us that we're facing at the same time, basically. Not necessarily together, but at the same time. I think I have a scene. Does Steven need to do his trait first? Yes. I want to say, after running into her family unexpectedly, she's become a bit more... She's looking over her shoulder a bit more. She's a, working a bit more alert on on the average day. So you're taking alert? Yeah, alert. Yeah, that's a good way to do it. Okay, so here's, um, here's the scene. Here's the setting the scene here. Um, so Adelaide... Well, uh, Grishnacht and Victoria, uh, uh, sorry, Blizznacht and Victoria were playing squash. She um, heard a disturbance on the lawn of the manor where they all live. And she looked out and she saw a encampment of traveling werewolves uh, pulling up in their covered wagons out to the lawn. And for reasons we won't go into here, werewolves have a compact where they can stay on certain vampire uh, homes. But... Um, of course, Blizznacht is um, the enemy of all supernatural creatures because of some of the things he's said and done. So Adelaide rushes out to the entrance of the manor because she has to warn Victoria and Blizznacht when they come back about the werewolves. And then they have off to get Blizznacht back inside the house without any um, incident. And what level is this? Um, let's see here. Uh, this is Suitor's face challenge. Suitor's and beloved threatened. Ooh, this level, is level three. Three. Dang. Let's see. Situation. What's where's situation two? Suitor's threatened. Suitor's face challenge. I actually think this might be a level one. Now that I say it, because I don't think so. Wh- 
So, I mean, like, what are the consequences, do you think, if we That's, fail? I was originally going to say it was, like, a physical dangerous consequence. I don't I guess that, yeah, I guess that, I guess so, it's, I guess it's level three, yeah. I don't see it being less than that. Yeah, okay. And we are up against nine dice for Matt. How many, how many werewolves are we talking here? I don't know, a couple wagons full. Also, what time period does this take place in? Because... You kept saying the trenches, so I thought this took place, like, after World War One. <laughs> so, a couple of Conaline vans full? Sure. <laughs> it's like 30. So, how do we want to play this out? Do we just want to, like, lay out our things and then do it that way? Or do we want to, like, go back and forth and try to, like, do a scene that way? I think it makes sense for you guys to roll first and then just narrate. The winner sort of narrates the conclusion, I guess. Does that make sense? Or the winner sort of decides what happens, and we can we can do a scene through it. But you can say like how it gets there, or how it how it ends up. Well, I mean, I, I just ask that because you know this paragraph it says the group may wish to switch back and forth between one suitor's story and the other, or to do all three responses from each suitor's player all at once. Like the the idea I think is that we're supposed to play out a scene that narratively includes all of our dice, and then roll them basically to see who won it. So what you each say, kind of like what you think you're going to try to do, and then you roll. Well, I, I think we do it, regardless of if we win or lose. Whatever we ch- think we're going to do, we do. But it's just like, one of us is going to come out on top in your eyes, I think. Or, you know, or we both fail and look like fools, and you win. <laughs> I think I have my three. Actually, I'm going to say I think we should try it. Like we're, we're just basically trying to sneak Grishnacht into the house, correct? Or you get him disguise into the me house. As old woman. I don't know that sneaking is necessarily going to happen. Oh, I guess yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm I'm gonna say what happens is obviously you guys get here, and I run out to warn you, or Adelaide runs out to warn you, and obviously the werewolves know we're here, and uh, I run up and kind of put myself between the two of you, and Adelaide uh, brings Blizz in like close goes stick close to me i won't let them near you and i think that is either uh a response that creates a complication for the other suitor or a response that involves uh flirtation because i am obviously pulling you close in protection but obviously to be close how about our faces our faces are not where they should be too close practically touching uh too close. Okay. Practically touching. And that gives me three dice. Either one of those. I am still in my squash clothes. Big meaty thighs flapping in the wind. My thighs like sheets. Like mother's sheets. After she would dry them. After she washed them with her hands. My mother's hands. I, kneading. I think you feel like this is poetic, but this is just an explanation of laundry. Kneading, kneading the <laughs> washboard, the washboard, kneading the sheets, scraping them against the washboard. The dirt would fall away, floating on top of the water like so much pond scum, but there were no fish in the washing bin. And then the sheets would hang, they would fleet, they would fleet, they would float in the wind, held aloft like parachute. In the war, I saw many men die in parachute, tangled up, drowning, like fish in pond. But there were no fish in the wash bin, only dirt. Matt, can you just do improvised slam poetry at me every night when I'm going to sleep? <laughs> <laughs> With that uh, voice. So Victoria is going to remove from her from one of her pockets um, a necklace, and she's going to uh, sort of. Uh, does fuck does this work does silver fuck over vampires as well if you want it to yeah so i'm going to uh place a large ornate uh pair of necklaces and, and this is like a huge chain like one of them should reach down past his chest uh onto blizznock and explain that these are enchanted silver uh that i have from my family members they should, should anything go wrong, which I would never let happen, the werewolves shouldn't be able to touch you. It is heavy. <laughs> and that's um, just something using one of my traits, which yeah, is your two family dice. thing. Yeah, well, I was thinking like monster hunting kit, but... Oh, either way, yeah, sure. Yeah, either way, same fucking thing. 
So yeah, that's, so that's two dice. Um, we start to make our way towards the door a bit, but uh, there's more here than we thought, and we start to get encircled a little bit and enclosed upon. And hey, you! What are you doing there? Hey, who is this? Adelaide separates herself from Blizz hey. and removes a book from. She's got a book. <laughs> robes or whatever and opens to a page what is she wearing are those robes and extends her hand and says I got this oh and my god her voice is so much deeper than I thought it was going to be <laughs> giant gust of wind erupts from around her body but instead of knocking the werewolves all sort of askew uh Blizz knocked and Adelaide are both launched into the air. Whoa! And, then, and basically come crashing down a few feet away. I wish I had my parachute. Don't think I would have time to open. And that is my spell book, so that gets me two dice, and my spells go wrong. Um, I'm gonna say a, accept a suggestion. Four dice. You realize that's a trait. Yeah, it's a a related trait. Oh, okay, yeah, sure. How about no feet? Your feet get smashed off when you fall. No, she doesn't fly off. Um, well, just your feet fly off. You know what? Screw it. All three of us flew into the air. Why not? <laughs> okay. We all just had a real bad time. I'm going to say it takes you longer to recover than the two of us. We get up and keep moving, but you still, like, lie there, whining in pain. <laughs> Ow. Yeah, just like that. I sound like a cat. <laughs> well, oh, we did not land on our feet. We, like, landed on our backs and stuff. It was a bad scene. And I am human, comparatively, to everyone. That's so also true. It does make sense, I suppose. So we, we just kind of, at uh, Adelaide's behest, I guess, we just kind of leave you there to fend for yourself <laughs> as we continue to make our way towards the house. And um, I guess the trait would be... I'm going to go with brittle. You do not receive pain well. Do you accept that suggestion? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Okay. So uh, as you do that, me, we basically, as you start to recover, Adelaide and Blizz are basically into the house. And um, as we are about to get there, we're blocked by a very imposing looking werewolf. And he is wolfed out, I believe hey. is the terminology. How are you? My name's Chad. <laughs> He's very polite, but he does mean to murder us. I'm going to kill you, but I'm going to do it with a smile. And as I reach for my book again, from behind, um, <laughs> my butler man minion pal who has not received any kind of characterization <laughs> hello mate i'm here to help tackles the wolf from behind and i'm they getting you fella down the oh, steps boy. of the house clearing yep. a way for us to get in i'm certainly going to be killed here but obviously he's then we lose him in a crowd of wolves oh my god my flesh is being torn right from my bones and we never see him again and that is, I sacrifice my, that trait, and uh, I, it changes my character, and I'm going to uh, add, I, I don't know if this is adding a trait? Oh yeah, replace with one. Um, but you guys have to approve it. I'm going to say it is replaced by fear of loss. Okay. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that will give me five dice. Bring me, bringing me up to a total of ten dice. Well, you got nine. You pulled out a level three on us, dude. Yeah, I did. <laughs> How many of these do you get to do? Three. So that's it. I'm done. Steven's got one more. I'm just going to say she, Victoria's going to rush to catch up, and from her, from her uh, trench coat, she's going to withdraw a small ornamental dagger, um, and any wolf that gets remotely nearby, because there should still be a moderate amount, is just getting stuck. Um, it is not her favorite thing in the world to just chop up 
uh, werewolves, but anyone that gets close gets gets a stabbing. Because that's related to my conflict. And you need a new trait if you're going to do that one. Yeah, yeah, I'll have to get a trait for that one. Uh, which... I'm going to say, like, um, enemy of werewolves. Alright. Sure. So nine for Matt, nine for Steven, ten for me. Matt's got two sixes. Uh, one six. Two sixes. So if a tie, if there's a tie, Matt adds a trait to all of us, and then we re-roll until one of us wins. Just you and I? It says that, it says re-rolling the tied dice. Everyone gets a trait? Yes. Created by you. All right. Are we getting the same trait? No. I mean, if he wants to, he can give us all the same trait. But... You're all dead from werewolf being eaten. Also you. You get the trait, too. <laughs> and me. I'm also dead from being eaten by werewolves. Um, I'm going to say that. I'm going to say that Adelaide, when she gets upset, turns a funny color. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll go up to you. I may I suggest neon green. Um... And Victoria, um, Victoria has a, developed a taste for blood—not like a taste of drinking blood or consuming blood, but um, bloodlust blood because um, of her. I guess because of her warped genetics, she is prone to once she gets into the, vamp- the monster killing mode, it's harder for her to get out of it. React more negatively around vamp- uh, monsters. Okay, that's fair. I think that. Blizznocked can't tell the difference between werewolves and, and people very well. Or can't tell the difference between, can't tell the difference between <laughs> monsters and people. About the same time. Okay. Nope, we tied again. Roll again. You're getting a trait. Alright, mine's a three this time. Alright, so I got a six. Jesus Christ, Matt, stop rolling six. Sorry, bro. That means Matt gets... Uh, so Matt uh, narrates how this scene plays out, and he gets the points. How many points do I get? Two? Nine. How does Matt... You get three. All right, so how did we leave it? Um, Victoria stuck a werewolf with a knife, and we got blown away. She's, like, running up to the house, cutting werewolves, and me and you are in the house. My butler died for us. So uh, we get inside, and Grisnock, I'm sorry, Blizz knocked. No relation to Grisnock. Looks around, says, It is almost dawn, I must get to my quarters. It is a shame about the butler, but nothing can be done, I suppose. Who are those men outside? Should we call the police? And um, he's just walking away, still talking to himself. And uh, he looks incredible in his um, squash outfit. T-shirt's like a little bit too short. You know, you can see his tongue poking out. Uh-huh. And uh, shorts are really tight. Squash shorts. And um, is it supposed to end a certain way? No. You end it however you want. And you two are just left... Um, Sitting exhausted on the floor, um, incredibly sexually frustrated, and uh, <laughs> just you hate to see Grishnak leave, but you love to watch him go. You know what I mean? I imagine the two exchange a uh, somewhat malicious look, but it's not clear that the, the malice might not be directed at each other. Yeah, they've had a they've had a rough time. I feel like they're just like mad in general. Just nothing good happened right there. Okay, you get three points, Matt. Killing it, dude. I'm at zero. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening. That was episode 19, Shooting the Moon, Barnabas Collins edition. Coming up next, more Shooting the Moon, and after that, a mysterious game that I am calling The Prince of Providence. Perhaps you can figure out what the game is. Perhaps you can't. It's a mystery. Gino does character art and title card illustrations for our site. If you dig his art, he has a long-running webcomic up at pizzapranks.com and a Patreon for his art at patreon.com slash kiwimonsta. Link in the show notes. Andrew creates video games at pizzapranks.itch.io. Music this week is by Kyle Preston and Attic Soul. You can find the links in the show notes. If you'd like to get in contact with us, the best place is on Twitter. Our, twi- our Twitter accounts are on the website. You can also email gm at actualplay.network or leave us a voicemail, 508-817-3408. We would happily play and discuss any voicemails on the show if it came to it. Andrew and I have another podcast, a monthly show called the GoldenAgeHorror.com podcast, which is an exciting look at horror movies from before 1979. 
In our most recent episode, we covered Kuroneko. We are neck deep in our foreign horror series right now. The best way to let us know that you like the show is to leave us a rating or review on iTunes or tell a friend or find us on Facebook if you want. If you have a podcast or another idea for a website, please know that I can help you with that. Visit whalingcityweb.com for more information. And again, thanks very much for listening. I hope to see you again soon. Our website and show, actualplay.network.